covering all aspects of Milwaukee Brewers baseball. It's time for Brewers Extra Innings, the podcast. Here is your host, Matt Pauley. It is time for another edition of Brewers Extra Innings, the podcast powered by WTMJ Mobile. My name is Matt Pauley. Thanks so much for being tuned in. It is great to be back with you. We missed the podcast last week. We have we had never we had never missed a podcast. I think it's uh, 222 episodes, if I have that correct. If I don't have that right exactly, it's in that uh, that neighborhood. I tweeted it out at the time. It was 222 or 223. Anyways, uh, we had never missed one other than we generally take uh, a two-week hiatus around Christmas and New Year's. Outside of that, since we got this thing rolling years ago, you know, you figure there's uh, 52 weeks a year, so we're, 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 we're three, four years into this thing. We had never, ever, 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 ever not done the Sunday night podcast. There's the rare occasion where if it's a holiday weekend, the Sunday night podcast turns into the Monday night podcast. Uh, but nonetheless, we had always done one. And I, I tweeted this out, but I know not everybody's on Twitter, so I'll just I'll just let you know for folks out there who do listen. And I know it's... <laughs> It, you have no idea how humbling it is and how cool it is that there are people out there that it really means something to them that this podcast comes out every week and they, they listen to it. And that's not like who wants uh, it's just it's it's a cool thing for me. So I, I really appreciate that. Anytime I hear those stories from people, uh, it means so much to me. Um, and so anyways, uh, I was I was just fighting allergies or something. I had a sore throat. I kind of felt my voice going just a bit. Uh, I use my voice all day long, and then I use it, obviously, with everything I do for uh, for WTMJ and the, the Brewers stuff. And we were going uh, into a big week as the Brewers were going to match up against the Cubs for that three-game series. And, you, you know, you just have that feeling like where you start to feel your voice is getting a little bit weak and I felt it going, and I wanted to conserve my voice because I wanted to make sure we were good to go for uh, for Brewers extra innings and everything uh, during uh, after the uh, after the Cubs games, uh, which we were. I did actually go to the doctor. You know, we're living in uh, just uh, maybe this is more information than you want to know. We're living in COVID times, so just to be sure. Uh, I, I did go to the doctor just to make sure all was good, not COVID. It wasn't uh, wasn't strep throat or anything. Just the nor, you know, we 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 we're all right. Like now, what we would have never gone and seen a doctor for, we're like, oh, do I need to go see it? And then you you walk in to the urgent care, and they say, do you have any COVID symptoms? And I had to say yes because I had a sore throat. So they put like a star on my name tag when I walked in. It was like it's like a scarlet letter. So yeah, but I'm good. My throat doesn't hurt anymore. It took forever. It took forever for it to finally go away. It was like Friday or Saturday. But uh, sorry, that's a long explanation of why we didn't do a podcast last week. But it, it bummed me out. Like I don't take it lightly that we do this. Like I am somebody that it's my job. I show up. I do it every single time. And yeah, I'm looking forward to that. I'm actually for the first time. I've been doing this. Uh, I've been doing the post game show on WTMJ. I think this is my sixth year doing it. If I got that correct, um, I'm going to miss a post game show this upcoming Friday night for the first time ever since I stepped foot into the state of Wisconsin in Milwaukee to take this job. I have done every single Brewers X Earnings post game show. I've never missed one. 
But for those of you who listen to the show and listen to WTMJ, uh, and he talks about it a lot during WTMJ Nights with Scott Warris, so I don't think I'm giving anything away or talking out of turn. But uh, Greg Hill, or you might know him as Pancake, he is getting married this week, and I am going to the wedding. And that was uh, that was enough. So I think Greg Matzik is going to uh, fill in for me coming up on uh, Friday night on the postgame show. He's going to have a busy week with everything going on uh, with the Bucks. He's going to be traveling to Phoenix. So, uh, yeah, but that's uh, it's the, the, so for the first time ever, we missed a week of the podcast. And now for the first time ever this upcoming week, I'm going to miss a postgame show. I'm just slacking. I'm just slacking now, right? Something like that. Um, the here's how about this for a uh, a transition? People who are not slacking the Milwaukee Brewers, they just got done with an 11 game win streak, came up short on Sunday as they lose to the Pirates by a two nothing score. More about that in a moment. I haven't done our housekeeping items. So we're like four and a half minutes into this podcast, and I haven't mentioned our housekeeping items. That's got to be a record. I'm trying to trick you into uh, not pressing the plus 30 button during this. No, I really don't care. Uh, if you want to get in contact with me, you can do so on Twitter, at Matt Pauley on air, M-A-T-T-P-A-U-L-E-Y on air. Uh, and, yeah, that's uh, if you listen to it on uh, Apple Podcasts and want to leave a ranking and review, that would be absolutely fantastic. All right, so the Brewers got to 11 games in a row. Of course, 12 games in a row means a lot because we get a free burger from uh, from George Webbs. And I, I, I joked about this on the post-game show on Sunday. You can blame me. I jinxed it. I jinxed the 12-game winning streak. But I think I jinxed it for a good reason because I wanted to be ready for something. We had set up an interview on Brewers Extra Innings with the vice president of George Webb Restaurants. And we were going to try to get all the information we could out of them, the date, like everything. We were going to try to break all the George Webb free burger news right there immediately after the game on Brewers Extra Innings. So we had that all put together all ready to go, and then they lose. I had to text him and say, thank you for being willing to come on and be willing to talk burgers on, on 4th of July. But that's uh, that. So if you want to blame somebody, um, don't blame the Brewers hitters for not coming through. Don't, uh, don't blame Freddie Peralta for the, the double play bunt on Sunday. Don't, don't blame any of those people. You can all wear it. You can blame me. I jinxed it. I had an interview ready to go with the vice president of George Webb Restaurants on Sunday, and then they end up losing, and they get to 11. Maybe they'll win 12 before uh, before all is said and done. Uh, I mentioned this on my Brewers warm-up show on Sunday. This was before they lost the game to the Pirates. But uh, Nick Zettel, who has been on this podcast many times and will be on it again, former editor over at uh, BP Milwaukee, uh, he tweeted out something on on Sunday which I thought was a fantastic point. The Brewers had gotten to a place with how many games they were above 500 that all they had to do was play 500 baseball the rest of the way to get to to finish out the year um, at 90 wins. In all likelihood 90 is going to win the NL Central this year. I the, in one side of me really thinks that there's going to be a team that still has a run left in them in the division because this division is it, it it feels like it always comes down to the wire. I still think the Cardinals are the second best team in the division, despite the record, despite how they're playing. But when when Jack Flaherty went down, it was like that just completely destroyed them. 
and he's not going to be back for a while. So uh, if if they don't turn things back around until after Jack Flaherty comes back, it's going to be way too late for them. Give credit to the Reds. They've been playing better baseball. The Reds, in the last meeting with the Brewers, they swept the Brewers. They they just got done taking care of the Cubs. So uh, they're the second place in the team in the division right now. Maybe they're the team that's got a big run left in them. I don't know. I still don't believe in the Reds, I never believe in the Reds. It feels like they're the team every year that people are like, this is going to be the year for Cincinnati. They're going to get things going. I just, they're that team for me that I want to see them do something before I'm going to believe in them. But the Brewers have been able to, to really build out their lead in the division. And now, if things go wrong, if there's more injuries, if another team just goes on a, a ridiculous run, the Brewers, to their credit, have been able to, uh, to build up the lead. Obviously, the thing that's really been the difference is what they've done from an offensive standpoint. Uh, they have become a much, much better offensive club. It is remarkable. And you know, nobody's going to ride home about a 221 team batting average, but it is remarkable how fast the Brewers got to 221. Uh, they were they were hanging out at 212, 213 for a while. They were even lower than that for a while before that. And all of a sudden, just at almost like a snap of a finger, and it certainly helped that they had the big hit day on Saturday, um, and that you know a bunch of hits, team batting average going up. But past the halfway point of the season, there's enough of a sample size that it's it's very challenging to really raise your team batting average, no matter how low it might be. So give the Brewers credit for that. I've said this over and over. I'm not worried. I, I, I think it's interesting that they've been able to raise their team batting average like that. But at the same time, I'm not worried about it. It's not something that concerns me. Uh, I think I don't think the Brewers are going to have a good team batting average this year, but I don't think that connects to how many runs they're going to score. Uh, the ability to hit home runs, doing a better job of moving runners over, getting the runner home from third with less than two outs, things like that. Just uh, We've seen them become more active on the bases with stolen bases. They're doing things like that. Those, those small things are going to result in more runs, and they are. They are resulting in more runs. We still don't know who they are as an offensive club because they were so bad for so long, and then recently they have been so good. And whether it's baseball or anything else in life, like the truth is always somewhere in between, right? That That's where it's at with this Brewers team. I'd like to figure out, like it's, it's a little bit frustrating that I am talking to you. I'm recording this on the evening of the 4th of July, and I still don't feel like I have a firm grasp on who this team is. And it's going to take a little while longer. And watching, you know, they... they They've been really good since May 22nd, best record in baseball. They go on the 11-game win streak. Now they're going to they're gonna match up against the Mets. They're going to match up against Cincinnati for a four-game series at home going into the All-Star break. You know, this, Maybe you learn a little bit more about who they are. They're going to be playing good teams. They're going to be playing good teams. They've, uh, and you can only play the teams that are on your schedule, but for the most part over the last month-plus, the Brewers have not been playing good teams, and they have done what they needed to do against them. The Mets are good. The Cincinnati Reds are playing good baseball right now. That it's going to be. I think we're going to learn something about this team in the final seven games leading into the All Star break. And 
uh, it's gonna be fun. I mean, who knows? You never you never know. They could they could see either of these teams possibly in the postseason if Cincinnati makes a run and somebody really falls off in the West. And certainly uh, a possible postseason matchup against the Mets is something that very easily could happen as the Mets uh, are the first place team in the National League East. All right, uh, come oh, and by the way, I just want to mention the uh, All Stars. The All Stars were announced on Sunday. The Brewers get three. All pitchers, Brandon Woodruff, Corbin Burns, Josh Hader. It seems likely that Freddie Peralta is going to get added. Uh, Brandon Woodruff is scheduled to pitch on Sunday. So the way the All-Star rules work is that he can go to the All-Star game, but he can pull out from being a pitcher because he's not able to pitch since he pitched the you know on the on the Sunday, and he can be replaced on the roster. You would think there's a very good chance he would be replaced by Freddie Peralta, who's very deserving. A little bum for Omar Nervaez, and I, I don't know if he's going to get an opportunity to be some type of injury replacement or something before all is said and done. feel like what he has done this season, both offensively and defensively, that he is worthy of being an all-star. He's hitting 301, seven home runs, 25 RBIs, and 852 OPS. Has really turned into a solid defensive catcher as well. And you know, a lot of credit goes to him and the Brewers organization for working with him because the book on him when he was signed or when he was acquired prior to last season was that his he was a good offensive catcher, but he wasn't a very good defensive catcher, that he was a liability back there. He's not a liability. So, uh, so good on him, and you hope that somehow, some way, he can find a way to Colorado for the All-Star game as well. All right, we've got a first-time guest on the podcast today. We go through so many folks, we don't get that many uh, first-time guests, but he is, uh, he's Brandon Snide. He is the uh, host of the uh, Bruce City podcast and also uh, the Titletown Lounge. Uh, he had been involved in some other podcasts that I was a guest on. I really didn't know who Brandon was and uh, certainly enjoyed our conversation in a uh, previous podcast where they were talking with me. So I wanted to uh, turn that around and have him on. He's a, uh, he's a fun guy to talk to, so uh, let's get to it. Our, this week's featured conversation is with Brandon Stein. After every Brewers game, signing an announcement, bloggers and podcasters hit the web to give their take. Now we bring them all together. It's the Social Media Roundtable, and it starts now. Brewers X Journeys, the podcast, is powered by WTMJ Mobile. We're very happy to uh, welcome on to the podcast for the first time ever. Uh, he is the host of uh, the Titletown Lounge podcast, also the uh, Bruce City podcast. He is Brandon Snide. You can follow him on Twitter at W-I-S-C-O underscore Brandon. So that's Wisco underscore Brandon. Brandon, you're doing this on 4th of July. First time I ever asked you on the podcast. It's on 4th of July. Thank you so much for uh, for coming on. I appreciate it. Again, uh, I, the, I absolutely honored to be here. Uh, I, I've learned in this profession, Matt, that there is no, you don't turn anything down. You know, I haven't worked up high enough to, to turn anybody down. So as soon as you messaged me yesterday, I, I was right on board. And I, I'm, I, it's, I'm honored to be here. I'm excited. That's uh, nice of you to say. And we're talking... One, the Brewers were one win away from from George Webb Burgers, and they come up just short. Which is, uh, yeah, they're, they're playing great baseball. But you would have loved to have seen everybody was so excited about that potential one more win. Yeah, and I'm I'm, I'm seeing a lot of I call Twitter and Facebook, especially Facebook groups, Matt. I call them the dark web. Uh, you know, it's it's a dangerous atmosphere in some of those, and I'm seeing a lot of hate come at uh, Craig Council for the lineup that he constructed today. 
And uh, there's people, there's a conspiracy, Matt, going on that Craig Council and and George Webbs were in cahoots together with that lineup. What, what were your thoughts about that lineup today? You know, um, so there's two ways. I, I talked about this a lot on my postgame show on Sunday because, like, historically, teams would put together the Sunday lineup where a bunch of guys would mm-hmm. get a day off and you just you wouldn't have your best lineup and you, you would do it that way because it used to be in baseball you kind of had your set lineup and you ran your set lineup every day and when you were going to give guys off you gave everybody the, the same day off that way it wasn't something where you were not at full strength multiple times during the week so that's what the Sunday lineup kind of looked like for the Brewers but that doesn't really apply to today's baseball and it certainly doesn't apply to the Brewers because so many guys are in and out so often um, I don't have a problem with giving guys rest. I will never, ever, ever, ever be critical of Craig Council for giving guys rest. Where I am sometimes a little bit critical is it feels like when you got a guy on a hot streak, like leave him in there. When you mm-hmm. got a guy who's slumping, give him a day. It feels like everything is so prescribed. The day after Jackie Bradley Jr. had the hit to uh, take the lead against the Cubs, and it seemed like he had a lot of momentum, he's out the next day. Um, it, you know, for the the Sunday game, Jace Peterson's just been absolutely killing it lately, and, and Luis Arias doesn't look so good at the plate. So that's another opportunity to maybe give Luis the day and not Jace the day. So it's for me, it's a two pronged sort of deal. I have no issues with giving guys rest, but at the same time, I do think when you rest guys, you need to look at kind of what's going on. Does that make sense? It does, and 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 I'm not I'm not against you know I. A lot of people and a lot of fans, and, and, and at times, Matt, I've been guilty of it too, that you look at lineups, you need to critique it too much. I think that what, as fans, especially for myself, we got to also realize, and I know Corbin Burns' uh, start uh, game three against the Chicago Cubs was pushed back to game one against Pittsburgh, and then there was the bullpen day for game three in Chicago or against Chicago. Um, look, they're coming off of a 60-game season uh, last year. They didn't play 162 games. The pitchers didn't pitch you know, you know, more than what, 15 starts, if that, if, if you're lucky. Um, so look, Craig Council, in my lifetime, Matt, I haven't been around for a whole lot of great Brewers baseball, but he's been the best manager that I've seen come through Milwaukee. If that's the lineup he puts out there and, and wants to roll with, it's, I'm not going to question it. I, I'm with you. I, I wanted to kind of, kind of see a, a bit different approach today. I was excited about the free burgers from George Webbs. And uh, I know it's, uh, a lot of people were disappointed in the loss today, but um, I, you go with what you got. And, and, and honestly, if you can grab, yeah, you've won 11 in a row. If you can get a couple guys to have a day off here and there, all-star breaks right around the corner, you know, it is what it is. And, and yeah, I'm, I mean, you want to see him win. I, I want to see him win every game, but I'll take uh, I'll take 11 and one in the last 12. I joked on the post-game show on Sunday. I, I took the blame. I I'll, I'll take the jinxing of it because I, <laughs> I had it all worked out where the vice president of George Webb Restaurants was going to be on my post-game show on Sunday if the <laughs> Brewers won. I had everything booked. I had everything ready to go. So because I went through all that work to, uh, to set that up, that's why they lost on Sunday. That's usually how it happens, yeah. right? Yeah. You do all that, all that back work and prep work, and then all of a sudden you get hit with a curveball. <laughs> I, I was excited for that. Uh, <laughs> So in, in this during the eleven game winning streak, but even going back beyond that, the team has the best record in Major League Baseball since May twenty second, and and frankly, it's not even close. The Dodgers, I think, have the second best record, and the Brewers have like a hundred percent, hundred point one zero zero 
percent better winning percentage mm-hmm. uh, than the Dodgers during that period. What's maybe stuck out to you about what has been different with this team? And I know you, obviously it's offensively, but is there anything more kind of specific for you that you've taken specially note of during this period? I think it's I think it's kind of what it, what what I think everybody's kind of taking notice. I think it's the, when you acquired Willie Adams. Now, look, I wasn't huge on the deal. Um, I, I knew Willie obviously prior before him coming to Milwaukee. He was in the World Series last year and had a ton of energy and was a leader uh, out in the clubhouse. But, um, you know, getting him into that locker room, getting him into that clubhouse and, and in that dugout, I don't know. It just feels like something sparked a little bit of, of what has been missing and maybe something missing that went when Orlando Garcia was traded to Atlanta. Um, look, uh, obviously what he's doing on the field uh, speaks volumes, you know, obviously defensively and offensively, he's just a monster right now. Um, and he has been since he got here, but I think it's just the, the, and you heard Craig Council and he says it a handful of times, leadership, leadership, not that guys like Lorenzo Kane or Christian Yelich, Jackie Bradley Jr. you know, just to name a few don't have those qualities. Willie Adamas has it in a different way. And I think having him and inserting him into that locker room um, and into that clubhouse, I keep referring it to locker room uh, clubhouse um, has obviously changed. Um, I think the energy, I mean, I really do. I think that's a, a palpable substance that when, when you're around somebody that has a ton of energy and full of life, you start to take that on and not, not saying that these guys were in the dumps and, 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 you know, upset about whatever, what was going on, but something happened, something triggered. I said it before. I've said it on my show. I said, look, this pitching's dominant right now. Right now they're the team ERA of 2.23. I said, if this offense ever gets close, you know, to being good or decent with that starting rotation and the back end of that bullpen, it's going to be an unbeatable team for a, for a while. The, the thing with Adamus that I really like is how, He's improved so many different areas. He's improved shortstop defensively. Uh, mm-hmm. He's improved the lineup offensively. He's improved Luis Arias somehow. Arias mm-hmm. is a different guy since he's been around. Now, admittedly, as we're talking on Sunday night, Arias is just coming off a pretty rough series <laughs> at the plate. But uh, when you think of who Arias was offensively and defensively prior to the Adamas acquisition, that their a relationship has been built there. They work together. It, it really has improved him. And then uh, you mentioned all the clubhouse stuff, and I think you're right on. I think they needed some positive energetic leadership being brought in and he brought that that's four areas that i just meant that, mm-hmm. that i just mentioned that he sits there and he improves upon that's that's an incredible again they they lost some bullpen pieces that were really important pieces and, and i still think they're working to 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 fill those although the bullpen has really been doing a nice job recently but it's pretty incredible to me how many different facets of that team adamas is able to impact and you mentioned Luis Arias and I'm a huge Luis fan. And I think when the Milwaukee Brewers obviously made, you know, David Stearns, uh, uh, they, they made, and Matt Arnold, they made a choice. Okay, Luis Urias or Orlando Arcia. Obviously, they went with Luis um, and he struggled. And he's a 20, people got to remember, he's only 23 years old. Like he's still a, I don't want to say a kid, but, you know, he's still, he's a very young player. Um, and that was a lot of pressure on him. And you can kind of see, when uh, Willie Adamas came to Milwaukee, obviously he took into that shortstop position, but it kind of took that pressure off of Luis Urias uh, to be that everyday shortstop. He's going to play a little bit of third base. He's going to play a little bit of, of second base. He's going he's to kind of fill in, like uh, Craig Council said, he's going to be the ultimate utility man. 
And you can see that that pressure is taken off of his shoulders and look what he's done. I believe he was on an 11 game hitting streak that just ended just a few games ago. Um, defensively at third base, he's been phenomenal. Um, and you kind of just see a little bit of that natural talent take over without that mounting pressure of playing shortstop every single day. Yeah, it's um, and those guys work together on the field, which is fun. Like they, they'll be out on the field working on things together beforehand. They've really had a nice relationship. And he he handled the acquisition mm-hmm. of Adamas as well as anybody. It will always stick out to me that he chose to do his first press conference afterwards in Spanish because he wanted to make it was very important that what he was saying did not mm-hmm. get lost in translation. He's not a bad English speaker. His uh, as somebody who cuts up audio after every single game, uh, I have no problem uh, with his English. Uh, but he it meant a lot to him that he wanted to make sure that exactly what he wanted to say is how. Uh, it got out there, and I think that says something about him and his character and how he's played since then says a lot as well. Yeah, and, and again, you're, I think you're just going to see him grow more and more every single day. Like you said, he's out there working with Willie Adamas. Uh, there's not a whole lot of shortstops, not a whole lot of infielders uh, with uh, you know Willie Adamas and Colton Wan that I want to work with defensively uh, in that clubhouse, and there's such a veteran presence in that clubhouse. The Milwaukee Brewers are really in a good spot, man, in my opinion, and I'm I'm a homer all the way through, so uh, I'm not going to slander them at all <laughs> for the most part. But when you look at that team, I mean, they got a little bit of everything. They got guys that have won World Series. They've got guys that won MVPs. They got Cy Young candidates. They got a manager who's the long- longest tenured manager in the National League. I mean, and for Luis to, to be coming up and, and have a little bit of everybody around him, I think is only going to help his game improve. I still think... I really like this team a lot. I think they're the I think they're the best team in the division. Uh, I don't think them being out to the the seven eight game lead in the division is a fluke. I think they are. They're they're still going to be a team that makes a run. I, I don't know if it's going to be the Reds. I don't know if it's going to be the Cardinals. I don't think it's going to be the Cubs. But and we'll see what it looks like when all is said and done. But they're clearly in in fantastic shape now. They can essentially play five hundred baseball the rest of the season and still get mm-hmm. to ninety wins and ninety probably wins wins this division. I would. Uh, the the one place where I would pump the brakes a little bit, I still think from a position player group, they don't have the high-end talent across the board like a Dodgers has, like a, a Padres mm-hmm. has. That's and this just they have such good pitching, they have such roster depth. I mean, there's so many areas of strength. Uh, but you have a former MVP in Christian Yelich who isn't putting up MVP numbers, but is still having a nice offensive season. You have Omar Narvaez, who I think should have been an All Star, and we'll talk more mm-hmm. about the All Stars a little bit later. And then you got a bunch of other guys who are kind of coming around when Colton Wong is able to be in there. He's done a nice job, obviously, what Willie Adamas is doing. Uh, but you just, I, I still think it's that that super high end all-star talent, multiple players in the lineup that the team is, uh, that separates them from, say, the the, the Dodgers or the Padres. I mean, you're not wrong either. You know, when you look at on paper, I mean, I don't want to say maybe this is a little bit too, I don't know, controversial, maybe a little bit too much. You could even say, Matt, on paper, the Cubs have more talented uh, people on their roster than the Milwaukee Brewers. Now, obviously, the Brewers are the better team. They have the better pitching manager, bullpen, uh, obviously the positional players are doing a little bit better. But when you look at their lineup, one through eight, I mean, they can pr- they can put out a pretty good lineup on paper. Now, obviously, those guys have to produce. Um, but I think that's what's that's what's special about this team. Matt. We, we've seen the 60-game season last year, and we didn't know as Brewer fans, you know, we saw the, the Avi Sale Garcia, you know, had a horrible 60-game season, whatever you want to call 
last season. I, on my podcast, I really don't refer to it as a season. It, it is what it is. Um, 60 games with him, you know, obviously didn't see a whole lot from him. Same thing with Omar Narvaez. And now you're seeing those guys, you know, producing uh, Omar Narvaez probably being your best offensive player for the consistently the most of the year. Um, but you're right. They don't match up well with um, guys in L.A., San Diego, maybe Chicago, maybe some other teams here and there. But I think what's going to be the separation between those guys are I don't think there's a starting rotation in Major League Baseball that matches up with ours. No. So I think that's where that's where you're probably going to find, you know, where you're going to kind of even out. And then, look, if on-base Jace is what I call him, Jace Peterson. Um, if he continues to, con- you know, do what he's doing and, and you've got guys at times that are going to step up, you'll get Vogelbach back. Kind of curious to see what's going to happen with Shaw just because of the way Urias has been producing since he's went down with that shoulder. Um, Tyrone Taylor's going to come in every now and then and, and give you a little bit of whatever he can give you. And, and look, so I got, you got, you got depth, right? You got pretty good depth. You got really good starting rotation. You got probably the best, the best back end of the bullpen in the major leagues. As soon as Devin Williams gets into midseason form and, and if you can just put up a few runs every game, look, it's, it, I think they can beat anybody. There's going to be some really tough decisions to be made because Colton Wong's going to come back. Does Jace Peterson still have a spot? You just mentioned what he's been doing. When Lorenzo Cain comes back, is mm-hmm. uh, is Tyrone Taylor still going to have a spot? When Travis Shaw comes back, when Daniel Vogelback comes back, at some and I always say this, and I'll say it right now, this it always works itself out. That's what happens in baseball. It works itself out, and we've seen across Major League Baseball injury. The Brewers aren't just going to get healthy, and the, that's mm-hmm. going to be it. There's they're going to be dealing with injuries throughout the course of the season. But in a hypothetical situation where more of those guys come back than other guys end up getting injured, there would be those hypothetical decisions that would be tough to be made. And I think, and I agree with you. There's going to be at the anybody should agree. It's it's going to definitely be some tough decisions, but we've seen it already in this season, Matt. And this is what, again, Craig council just doesn't get the credit that he deserves is so many injuries. I mean, people forget in April going into May, was at 1.17 guys on the IL Lorenzo Cain and at Colton Juan and Christian Yelich at the top of that list. And he's able to get guys, um, whether it's Chase Peterson, if it's uh, Manny Pena every now and then uh, Jackie Bradley jr. When his number, you know, he's a streaky hitter. I think there's going to, you know, Craig Council is going to find a way to get these guys all involved. He's going to work out a rotation with the with the positional player, especially in the outfield. Um, and look, I don't know. I mean, I'm not calling for anybody to get fired or, or, or let go or, or traded or whatever. But if Luis Arias is playing the way he's playing uh, at 23 years old, defensively and offensively, uh, Travis Shaw, I know he's projected. I believe it's late August. That's going to be a tough decision because what do you do? You know, does that kill any? confidence that Luis had going into the the September part of the major league baseball season. I don't know. There are going to be some tough decisions, but if there's a manager that I trust, uh, there's a front office that I trust um, as a Brewers fan, it's been very rare to say those sentences together. Um, But I think that they can do, uh, I think they're going to figure out a, a ton of different ways to get those guys all involved. The roster doesn't expand to 40 anymore in September like it used to, but it does expand a little bit. You mm-hmm. mentioned Shaw. If you can if you can massage that out a little bit and you know mm-hmm. get him on a minor league rehab assignment and push that into September, that might be the most beneficial solution for all parties involved. 
Yeah, I agree. And and you hate to see that injury. You hate to see in, injuries for anybody. Um, seeing Travis Shaw come back and and produce and and have some big moments early in the season uh, it meant a lot. You you had high hopes for him, and it was such a kind of freak, little weird act, you know, incident injury that happened. And and yeah, I mean, there's there's ways that I think David Stearns and Matt Arnold and and Craig Council are going to be able to figure out to to keep guys to to get guys into into rest. You know, look. Uh, and that's the other thing uh, we talk about the positional players, not getting, or excuse me, the pitchers not used to playing 162 games, playing 60 games last year. It's the same with the positional players, Matt. Yeah. I think, you know, we're seeing guys, you know, if, if it takes a, a couple of days for, for Christian Yelich to come back I, I, for somebody that has a back issue to, you know, to see him uh, struggle and fight through a back issue, it, maybe he takes a few extra days. And, and if you got a guy, you know, that like Tyrone Taylor that can plug in and play any position out in the outfield and, and really not skip a beat defensively um, and sometimes offensively. I know Christian Yelich has been struggling this year. Um, it's just, it's it's not a bad problem to have, I guess is what I'm trying to say. I've been a little surprised because I was expecting lots of injuries with pitchers. I just thought it was going to be uh, – and I think it's going to get worse because, we, I mean, we just passed the 60-game marker, mm-hmm. what, three weeks ago. So yeah. it's every single day is another extra game compared to last year. I thought it was really going to impact pitchers. I've been surprised by how much it's impacted position players. A lot of a lot of soft tissue injuries out yep. there. Like it's just, um, and I think it really goes back. I've talked to people what the not just going from the sixty to the one sixty two, but starting spring training, stopping, basically having a miniature <laughs> off season, starting spring training again, having a very quick spring training, playing the 60-game season, then having the, you know, it's more than just the 60 to 162, the entire routine of a of a 12-month normal standard type deal for a Major League Baseball player has been disrupted, and I, I, I have been surprised by how much position players have been impacted by that this year. Yeah, no, I, I totally agree, and I think I think as the season goes on, we're going to see more. Yeah. You know, obviously, I mean, look, I mean, Colton Wan and Lorenzo Cain, two of your solidified defensively and offensively leaders on this team have been on the IL a combined six times already. And we're not, we're now into Ju- uh, July. So you're going to see it happen. I think more frequently there's a Christian Yelich is probably going to end up back on there. You're going to see a bunch of players, you know, unfortunately, probably get sent down, you know, through whether it's AAA, whether it's a, a struggle with guys like Kesson Hero that go down there and kind of work out any kinks that they have, but you're going to see probably more injuries. And and I hate to say this, and I don't want to be negative on your show, and uh, I mentioned it on mine, but I just, it has a feeling, Matt, and I and I hope I'm wrong. Uh, the beginning of the end uh, of the Lorenzo Cain career, it just feels like a guy that opted out last year, and rightfully so, due to COVID-19, um, and now picking it up, and he was hurt in spring training, and then you saw the Jackie Bradley two-year, uh, $24 million deal, and you kind of assumed that was an insurance policy, and and now it's obviously being exercised because Lorenzo Cain is out, um, and I don't think he's projected back until after the All-Star break, if I'm not mistaken. Um, so, again, you could be seeing kind of a guy that takes on more of a clubhouse leader, maybe an extra coach down there in the dugout. I don't know, but, uh, I, again, you know, hopefully, hopefully you avoid that injury bug when when you, especially late in the season, because um, I do believe this team is special. 
couple more things for you before we let you go. The All-Stars being announced. Brandon Woodruff, Corbin Burns, Josh Hader all make it. People were hoping for Freddie Peralta. People were hoping for Omar Narvaez. We know guys drop out. Guys get injured. Uh, some pitchers can't pitch in the All-Star game. Like Brandon Woodruff probably won't be able to pitch because he's scheduled uh, to pitch on Sunday. So maybe Peralta ends up going uh, in, in Woodruff's spot. Uh, so they're certainly not the, not the end of the roster. Uh, and asking for five guys to make it on the initial the initial one is a little bit tough but to me that's the first thing that jumped out I thought Omar Nevaez was really um, deserving and I thought Freddie Peralta was deserving and clearly those other three guys are incredibly deserving as well yeah and, and you know Matt I think it falls into the small market mentality for me it's you know if if you know a, who name a catcher uh, you know whoever Wilson uh, uh, Wilson Contreras or Buster Posley. You look at Omar Narvaez's number. He's batting three hundred one, uh, a, a four sixty uh, slugging, and a, and a almost a four hundred on base percentage from a catcher position, and five singles yesterday. I believe that was the first time in Brewers history from the catcher position. Uh, he's putting up insane numbers. But what doesn't really get talked about is his defense. Mm-hmm. I mean, he, he is just a stout behind the plate and, and a commander of that of that uh, starting rotation. And I know Manny Pena goes in from time to time and, uh, but what he's doing with those, with those pitchers um, from an, you know, from a defensive standpoint, obviously his offensive numbers speak volumes. Um, You're kind of, that's kind of what your hope was uh, signing Omar Narvaez for American family field with that shortened right field. Um, It just, it it feels like a small market uh, thing again, you know, if if he was putting up these numbers and maybe Chicago or uh, New York or LA, it'd probably be a different story. But um, again, Buster Posey, you know, Wilson Contreras, they're going to get the, 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 the big, the bigger market of vote. And unfortunately the Brewers are falling victim to it. Um, I think there's probably a few more guys that should be on this, on this uh, uh, all-star starting lineup. At least I, I believe obviously El Garcia is another one that kind of gets overlooked just because of, again, the name recognition. Um, but that's why I'm not really big into the all-star break. It kind of is what it is. Um, it's good to see the pitchers get the recognition. I do think I, – I don't know if I'm crazy saying this. Matt, you might not invite me back on the show, but I, I think Freddie's been the better pitcher out of the three all year. And that might be a bit of a stretch. I know he's had – I know he had that five-run inning in uh, in Miami early in the year, but there hasn't been a whole lot of hiccups with him. He did take a no-hitter into the – I think it was the seventh or the eighth inning couple weeks ago, about a month ago or so. I, I don't know. I just, you know, and we talked about it a couple months ago that Freddie was the, the wild card to that starting rotation. And yeah, Brandon Woodruff is probably your more consistent, but I, I mean, Freddie's just been, he's been so good. So good. Um, I was hoping to see him get in there. Yeah. They're, they're all different. Like, I feel like they are. Yeah. Woodruff's the guy, if you need a win, Woodruff's the guy that you, yep. that, that I want. Um, Peralta doesn't give up hits. I, he'll, he'll walk guys, but he, he doesn't give up hits, and he has not given up hits really consistently throughout the year. That's been that's been the consistent part of his game, just not giving up hits, and that's a that's a good thing to have. Um, Burns at his best is just this this artist, this nasty like this guy who can do the make the pit ball do things that it's not supposed to do. So that's the, but that's the cool thing about these three guys is how how unique the three are. So not only are they all really good, but if you're if it's a short series in the playoffs, you're going to get three different looks each day and I think that helps uh, the, you know they they complement each other well. Yeah, I I totally agree when you when you're talking about all three of them, they're not they all do different things, which is just 
kind of remarkable when you think about it because you don't really get that a whole lot with guys in, in starting rotations that are this dominant. Usually you get the hard-throwing guys, and and they kind of replicate each other in that rotation. But to have three different guys, three different looks, um, three different personalities um, is just kind of – it's kind of – it's it's fun. I mean, it, it's, it's, it's exciting because, Matt, as a Brewers fan, as a lifelong Brewers fan, we've never had a rotation that was this – electric mm-hmm. uh, I, and you could toss in Adrian Hauser who had some nasty stuff. I believe it was game two of the Pittsburgh series, maybe game one, if I'm not, no, they played a four game series. So I, I was somewhere in the middle of that Pittsburgh series who just I lights out. I mean, when his stuff is going and, and, and his cutter is working, I mean, they're his sinkers working. They're just, he's not maybe on their level, but he's really darn good. And to have that as your, maybe your number four, maybe your five, I guess, if you throw Brett Anderson in there, Look, there's real not a whole big weakness on this team at all. Before I get you out of here, well, I can I can see you right now. This is an audio only podcast, but I can see you. We're talking on Sunday night. You are already rocking the Milwaukee Bucks NBA Finals gear, which is awesome. You took a you took a trip on uh, on Sunday morning to go get it. Uh, your Brew City uh, podcast podcast doesn't just talk Brewers; you talk Bucks as well. Just from a from a take a step back standpoint, how much are the Brewers had an eleven game winning streak? The Bucks going to the NBA Finals. I mean, this is an incredible time right now to be a Milwaukee sports fan. I, you know, Matt, and this is the easy cop out answer. I don't know if there's ever been a better time. Uh, honestly, I don't. I know in 2018 um, we had a pretty good run. You know, the Brewers went all the way to Game Seven of the NLCS. The Bucks went to um, the uh, the Eastern Conference Finals, but. You know, this Brewer team is different than other years past. Now, I, I think they're more, they're a deeper team. Um, the pitching has always been a question mark for a Brewers team. You know, if they were a good team, you just weren't sure of the pitching. Did they have the pitcher? Or if they had one and, and Ben Sheets or Giovanni Gallardo, that was the only one they had. Um, so, yeah, now you got, you know, three potential all-stars. Two of them, obviously, are all-stars. You could probably see uh, Freddie Peralta sneaking in there. You got your solidified MVP in Christian Yelich, and you, you would imagine those numbers get turned around and start trending upwards. Um, and then look, the Milwaukee Bucks, Matt, and it's we've never had this. I'm 31 years old. Um, the last time they were in the NBA Finals was 1974. I obviously wasn't alive for that. Um, George Webb's almost lost a lot of money um, with the free burgers last uh, today. So uh, really, as a Milwaukee fan uh, of these two teams, diehard fan of both these teams, there's I since I can remember, there has not been a better time to be a Milwaukee sports fan. Yeah, yeah, I've been here for six years, and it's everything. I, I just the, there was a big thing on you know after um, was it after the Bucks lost the first game in the Eastern Conference Finals that you know the we can't have nice things and there was a oh, you know, yeah. social media stuff going around oh look at all these games that the teams in Wisconsin have lost they're all like really important games which means if you're playing in those games you've had successful seasons and i've never been a a championship or bust kind of guy the eventual goal the the ultimate goal is to win a championship and i'm not saying you put that on the side just to make it to the postseason but i don't think you ignore the accomplishment of a good postseason run or even making it to the postseason simply because you didn't win a championship like there's different levels of success and I mean, just in my time between the Brewers and the Bucks, what Wisconsin athletics does, what uh, what the Packers obviously do, it's it's really hard to find another state that has the sustained level of mm-hmm. success that the flagship programs in this state have. 
Oh, you're absolutely not wrong. And and the only, I, I wouldn't even call it an argument, but the only thing I would rebuttal that with is within these teams, like, look, you know, Green Bay has had Brett Favre and then they transitioned to Aaron Rodgers. Um, so, you know, you got a guy like Giannis Adenokounmpo. Look, as a lifelong Bucks fan, Matt, I, we've never had uh, we've never had a player of his stature. We've never had an MVP. We've never had a defensive player of the year winner. We've never had a guy that had his own shoe line. We have never had this as Bucks fans. We've had decent players. We've had okay players. We've never had a guy uh, be an NBA and be a global superstar. Say, you know what? LA is nice. Miami's pretty cool. New York's a good city. I'm going to stay in Milwaukee and I want to win in Milwaukee. And the NBA is all about media markets. What, you know, that's usually where you see guys like LeBron and, uh, you know, all the superstars, Kevin Durant, all kind of flock to the coast of, of their choosing. And you never see a whole lot of superstars, especially a, a superstar in the two time back to back MVP uh, winner in Giannis decide like, Hey, this is my city. I want to, I want to live in Milwaukee. I want to win a championship in Milwaukee. And in that same year that he decides to stay in Milwaukee, get to the NBA finals. And again, I went out and spent a whole ton of money, probably more money than I should have. Matt, you know, I'm, 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 I, you know, I can absolutely admit that to you um, because I don't know when the next time I'll be there <laughs> in the NBA finals. So I, I explained to my, to my girlfriend that, look, Hey, it's going to have to happen. <laughs> this is, this is a right now, a once in a lifetime opportunity. And you're right. Wisconsin sports for the most part have always been there. The Brewers were uh, one game away from the world series. The, the Packers have been the last two years, a game away from the Super Bowl, and the Bucks obviously are back in the NBA Finals for the first time in 47 years. Um, it just it it doesn't happen often. Um, we do have sustained success. The people's definition of what you know sustained success is it obviously differs, but you're not wrong. You know you're looking at a, a bunch of teams um, consistently compete for championships. Here in about four or five months, do not walk into TJ Maxx. Do not walk into Ross, <laughs> dress for less, because you're going to see the exact stuff you're wearing for like five bucks. Yeah, you will. <laughs> I and I know, and I and I and I did it this morning. I I went to bed at about two a.m. because I'm a I'm a super fan. So um, I tell anybody that well, anybody that knows me already knows this, but people that don't know me, I tell them like, oh, you're a Bucks fan. Like you must have enjoyed that game last night. No, this isn't enjoyable. I I stress through it. I can't eat during it. I can't drink during it. It's not fun. Uh, I didn't enjoy it. Um, so when it's over, then I can enjoy it. Or I, you know, I cry in tears. Actually, I did cry last night because I was so happy that my team has actually made it to a championship. This is the first championship game uh, for the state of Wisconsin, for the city of Milwaukee, since the Packers were there in 2010. Yeah, it's uh, it's something. Brandon, uh, encourage people to uh, follow you on Twitter at Wisco underscore Brandon, W I S C O underscore Brandon. You've got two podcasts. People can hear you talk about uh, the Brewers during the Brew City podcast, and then uh, you get a lot into uh, the Packers as part of the uh, Title Town Lounge. We'll do this again. This was uh, this was a fun conversation. Thanks so much for coming on. Absolutely, Matt. Thank you so much. I appreciate it, man. That's Brent Snyder joining us here on Brewers Extra Innings, the podcast powered by WTMJ Mobile. And that's just about going to uh, do it for the show this week. Again, the Brewers uh, going into the final week before the All-Star break, three on the road against the Mets, and then four starting on Thursday night against Cincinnati leading into the All-Star break. Just another reminder, actually a couple of reminders for you. First off, the Bucks they're continuing to play. 
when the Bucks are playing, and they'll play on Tuesday and Thursday this upcoming week in games one and two of the NBA Finals. On those nights, uh, the Brewers game will be on 94.5 ESPN, and that is also where you can uh, find the Brewers Extra Innings uh, pot, or Brewers Extra Innings postgame show. Is uh, it's what I'm trying to say now. For those of you who listen to the Brewers games on the WTMJ stream, you'll still be able to do that. But if you want to listen to the Brewers Extra Innings podcast, what you'll have to do, you can go to wisconsinondemand.com. There's a listen link. You scroll down under WKTI, and then the listen live link is right there, and you're able to uh, listen to the station and uh, that's how, so if you're not in the uh, area, or if you generally stream the post-game show, that's where you can get it, wisconsinondemand.com, and uh, go to the uh, Listen Live, and that will get you everything that uh, you need to be able to uh, to get. So uh, my appreciation now to uh, Brandon Snide for joining us. Thank you to you for being tuned in. I'm sorry we did not do a podcast last week. Hopefully we will not have another miss for a long, long, long time, and I look forward to talking to you again next week for another edition of Brewers Extra Innings, the podcast powered by WTMJ Mobile. Thanks for listening to Brewers Extra Innings, the podcast. Matt will be back next week with another episode. For all the latest Brewers news, keep listening to a home of the Brewers. News Radio 620 WTMJ.